You are now listening to the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. Here are your hosts, Deontay Epps and Dane Beasley. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to episode 19, episode 19 of the Duo Sports and Stuff Podcast. My name is Deontay Epps, and I'm joined by my brother, my best friend, Dane Beasley. Dane, how are you doing today, my guy? Pretty good, pretty good. Doing pretty good. Thanks for the intro, and it's about time to use some bass in your voice. I can see the little squiggly lines here on the, I don't know what this thing's called, but it, it's it's tracking your voice, man, and it's it's showing that you're, you're pretty deep there, buddy. So glad to be here with you. I always have bass in my voice. Watch <laughs> out now. Watch out. Just want to say it's grateful and I'm thankful for you, brother, to join me once again on this thing that we're doing. We're 19 episodes in. Started this thing back in November and I want to say I'm thankful and I'm happy that we're on this journey. It's been fun. It continues to be fun. And we are packed with a lot of topics today. And I just want to say I appreciate you, my guy, and thankful that you joined me on this journey. Yeah. As we venture into the world of podcasting, <laughs> you'll get your big, I'm the repairman, man, 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 man. Um, but no, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you too, man. And uh, I know we got a lot of good stuff to get into, uh, to talk about. So without further ado, uh, go ahead, well, take, but, take it, take it away, but, brother. Before we, before we get into that, you, you oh. made me laugh. You said repairman and we just moved into a house. We're still renting, but like stuff had to be fixed like before we got in stuff that they said was already going to be fixed uh-huh. <laughs> like, so repair man 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 yeah, exactly. wow. and they had to fix our uh like our uh faucet uh-huh. in our kitchen and i'm pretty sure there was an episode where he <laughs> he broke that mug his water's going everywhere <laughs> exactly yeah. that said that that made me think of that boy they and, never fix nothing every time he came yeah. he's breaking everything yeah, and I'm still getting my uh my po- uh podcast studio slash man cave together. I got little <laughs> hats on the wall and uh trying to put one of these sports center or sports illustrated magazines with Peyton Manning, Eric Decker, Wes Wilker, and Demaris Thomas on the cover. Eric Decker. Toby. That was the year that was the year we went to the Super Bowl and got yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> That was probably one of the greatest defenses of NFL history, the Legion of Boom, but that set the tone. Demarius Thomas getting popped on that drag route and that Oh my that that, first man, I'm Woo! telling you. I'm telling you that 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 had when that happened, I yeah, I like, knew yeah. what the game was. It's over. It's over. Yeah. It's over. It, was, it was yeah, for sure. For sure. But yeah, we got we got a few topics to get into. Actually a lot of topics. Oh man get into today one that caught our eye yesterday dane was there's been a long talk for years and years about the washington redskins changing their name and it has never really moved the needle as far as it happening there's been a lot of requests a lot of justifications by survey data by 10 native americans that some super sketchy uh Stat Club is, you know, compiled data for. So, yeah, there, there's been that, too. So, before anybody says, but right. the Native American said it's okay. Nah, bro. <laughs> nah, bro. Right, exactly. So, yesterday, the first domino dropped, oh, if you man. will. <laughs> came out with a statement 
special and it delivery. Says, communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name. Man. And then you sent me another tweet from my sports update that said Nike has removed all Washington Redskins merchandise from their website. Mm. So it seems like the needle is being pushed even harder. The pressure is being applied to the Redskins, Dan Snyder. And kind of talk about what you think about that, bro. Well, in the words of one of the greatest players um, in all of sports history, it's about damn time. Um, (laughs) There have been petitions. There have been, you know, people making fun of the name or not mocking the name, calling them the Washington slurs or, you know, (laughs) the Washington foreskins in efforts to make the fans. And of course the leaders of the organization uncomfortable with the fact that their name is, it it should have been changed a long time ago. Um, But here we are today and it still seems, it makes you scratch your head. Like, why are you clinging of all things to cling to, this is what you want to stick to. This is what you want to hang on to. We've seen countless times other you know organizations change their names without even moving cities, and it's not that big of a deal. But for this for this particular reason, you know there you have your people that are so pissed off at those wanting the name to be changed, saying it's just a name, get over it. Like, well, well if it's just a name, then just change it. So here we are. I mean, we we hear the term pressure burst pipes and. And FedEx came with the pressure. So I'll give you another term. Oh, OK. Or another phrase. Money. Money talks. Oh, ooh, ooh, I like that. I, I like that. You see investors kind of getting in the investors that put money into the organization mm-hmm. that has assets towards the organization, putting pressure on Nike, FedEx, PepsiCo, mm. all these companies that make the Redskins money. They're telling them to pull out until they change the name. So we're seeing right here, unfortunately, well, it's a it's a double-edged sword, I think, because it's a good thing that they're finally recognizing, you know, how the name is offensive. <laughs> That's the good news. It's the bad news is it took money for the pressure to be applied. It yeah. took these big-name companies – like Nike, like yeah. FedEx, like PepsiCo, to apply apply the pressure to Washington to say, "Hey, this is not right. This is what needs to happen. This the ball is on y'all's court now. Like, what are y'all gonna do about it?" Mm. And so, for the people, or should I say, for the people in the back that <laughs> don't understand, okay, so why is this bad? Why is this offensive? Let me give you a, a like a timeline. Before you get uh, into that timeline, I just want to say one thing, Beyonce. Go ahead, bro. Just one thing, one one thing. To to those you're addressing those people is why is this why why is this such a big deal? Well, I'll tell you why. Every year it never fails. You'll see pictures of it. It's not really hard to Google, but every year you'll see pictures of Native Americans camped outside of of uh, the Redskins. You know their. Uh, the little training camps and the OTAs. Maybe you'll see one. Sometimes you'll see 15, 20. They'll just be chilling out there in the lawn chairs with a sign up. Change the name. And even in uh, one of the episodes of Hard Knocks, they were, I forgot who they were interviewing, but in the background, you could see one of the protesters walking by. And of course, the camera quickly panned away from it for, for obvious reasons. But 
My bad. Go ahead. Take it away, Deontay. My bad. No, that I mean, like you said, they've been pushing for this for a while. Like people Long in time. like the National Congress of of American Indians and things like that have been pushing for this to happen for a while. And this is just the first step. It's not over yet because there might be some pushback from Dan Snyder and see. those other guys. But at this point, money, money is money is talking. Mm-hmm. And I had watched a video from um oh, what's my boy's name from ESPN? Uh Lewis Riddick. Mm. And Riddick was asked on Mike and Mike, or is it Mike and Mike now? Or Golic and Wingo. <laughs> what man, they changed names so yeah. much. But uh Lewis Riddick was basically saying, you know, now that money is involved, money is the language that the NFL owners speak when you got six hundred and twenty billion dollars on the line for your mm organization i'm sure the redskins are going to finally i'm not going to say they're going to finally change the name i'm not going to make that guess yet but i'm going to say right now if their ears were closed to it their ears are wide open like one of those uh acme uh cartoon (laughs) network cartoons where their ears are steaming steaming right now um but basically lewis riddick was talking about how the owners speak money or the language is money when it comes to the owner and this article from espn kind of talks about how nike fedex and pepsico each received letters signed by 87 investment firms and shareholders so people that put into it the uh, investors and things of that nature combined for 620 billion asking the companies to sever ties with the redskins unless they change their controversial name of course, there's been more pressure in recent weeks to change their name, given the social climate during the Black Lives Matter movement and things like that. And so a lot of people are, that are unaware of where this is all coming from. Like, right, right. Where this is coming from, this thing has been a big issue or it's been an issue. I won't say it's been big for the Redskins because they've kind of shrugged it to the side, but it's been an issue for a while. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to go back to that timeline I referenced earlier. So this is from the Washington Post. You can find it on Google. And so it kind of gives a history of the team, uh, the Washington team, and how they decided to adopt the name Redskins. And so 1933. Cringeworthy alert. You said what? I know. In 1933, then owner George Preston Marshall changed his name, his team's name from the Boston Braves to the Boston Redskins. According to Sports Illustrated, Marshall told reporters at the time that he made the decision so people wouldn't confuse his club with the Boston baseball team, also called the Braves. Okay, this is 1933. So he chose the Redskins out of all the names. Redskins. 1937, Redskins moved to nation's capital. Marshall's Marshall, known today for being the NFL's last owner to integrate his team, mind you, moved the Redskins to the district. In 1968, mm-hmm. nearly 30 years after they moved to the capital and about 35 years since they adopted the Redskins name, they begin to fight. The National Congress of American Indians launched the first organized effort to bring an end to negative and harmful stereotypes in the media and popular culture, including in sports. It's in 1968. In 1971, three years after that, Washington media begins to cover controversy over team name. This is 1971. This is more than, you know, 40 years ago, 50 years ago. How long is 1971? 
Long time, G. In 1972, Native Americans asked team to change name. Of 11 activists asked team officials to change the name, but according to a story in the Washington Star, the team president insisted that the moniker was meant to convey not disrespect but reverence for the Indian. You have universities that dropped the Indian name. My brother went to McMurray University, and you know, when he was there, it was called the Indians. They changed that name to the Warhawks mm-hmm. now. Slowly but surely, it's coming about, but I feel like for it to change all over. This Redskins one with Washington is gonna be big. Oh yeah, it's gonna be a trickle down effect too. I I'll bring it a little closer since we were further down the timeline. May 2013. This is a statement from Redskins owner Dan Snyder. He vowed to never change the name. He said, We'll never change the name. It's that simple. Never. You can use all caps. I wonder if he feels that way now. No, nah, he's they're preparing they're preparing some sort of formal long statement and it's gonna be we're hearing the feedback from our consumers and our fans, and we understand that given the climate, the name that we have that represents this organization is blah, 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 blah. And then they're still gonna not gonna change it. And then we're gonna see money pull out from their investor from their investors, and then that's when we're gonna see some change, possibly, hopefully, maybe. You know. Yeah. Nike you know, Nike already pulled it from their website, so I don't know. I don't know the the exact number of the revenue that they get for jersey sales, but I mean, it's not going to help if you know. Let's say one of the highest selling jerseys um, is Chase Young's jersey. So, not going to help if you have some Washington fans that you know try to go find that jersey from the Nike website and they can't find it, and mm, yeah, it's not looking too good, bro. Yeah, like if if you're Washington, if you're the owners and people in the higher ups. Like, you have no choice but to change it at this point, right? Do you go to court? Do you fight it? I'm like, I don't think that'd be a smart move on their part to try to fight. You're already This isn't the hill to die on. And you already probably, I mean, let's be real. Washington Redskins are probably at the, it'd be insulting to dumpsters to call them the dumpsters of the the NFC East. But let's just call it how it is. It's already insulting that your your team is, is as bad as they are. But then to double down on that, and say that you're not going to change the name that's very offensive uh, to our native people here. So it's, I don't, you know what the issue is? There's not enough people. There aren't enough people that are fans of that team to understand or get how offensive it is. Unless they've come across pictures or even seen uh, Bamani Jones uh, on TV with his uh, Caucasian shirt on that he had. And that pissed off a lot of people. And a lot of people were mad at him for wearing that shirt. And he was wearing the shirt for that very reason. So so people can see just how offensive it is to have a caricature of everything you represent physically to be thrown out there as some sort of parading mascot. So it's if it struck a nerve, then I mean, excuse me, if it struck a nerve, that means it's doing the right thing as far as making you uncomfortable. Um, And unfortunately, it had to come to that. But. It's a very ironic and symbolic gesture of, does this offend you now? So, yeah. We'll I mean, it's one of those, uh, I, I think it's one of those things where if we bring it back to the Black Lives Matter movement, <clears throat> I feel like one of this is the time for, I think I mentioned it on the last podcast as far as not necessarily taking advantage of the movement, but having your voice heard finally have mm-hmm. people listen finally this is one of those instances where 
Um, people have been claiming, you know, uh, or should I say, people have been advocating for this to change for a very long a time. A very like, long time. This isn't the first time they heard it. Right. And so it's time for the higher-ups, uh, Dan Snyder, all those people that he works with up there in the uh, organization front office for the Washington Redskins to 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 change. Like, we're in 2020 now. Things like this shouldn't – we shouldn't have to be fighting for things like this now, but here not we are. Say, not to say that 2019 is, was, you know, socially acceptable, but to say that, come on now, out of everything that's taken place so far, this is what you're willing to not give up. We we already, you know, there's so many other teams to change names, like the Wizards, uh, Hornets. What was the one you sent me? Oh. That they could change their name to. Oh, that was um, clean. Was it the Red Hawks? The, uh, the Red Tails. The Red Tails. Oh, yeah. The uh, Tuskegee Airmen. Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, mean, I don't know that that wouldn't go. I don't think that would go over well either. But yeah. the designs yeah. that someone created, it was kind of cool. But to say that that's, I don't think, I don't think that would, I don't, I don't think that would go over well. They probably just need to find something very neutral, something very simple, um, and something that would very that would easily uh, help their brand, uplift their brand. But we there have been plenty of name changes where the team hasn't necessarily left the city, but. It's time. It's been time. It's been time. Right. So we'll see. The ball's on Washington's court. Dan Snyder. We'll see. We'll see what they decide. But now, now is the time. Now, like and like you said, like twenty nineteen was the time also. But in all those years before that, that I mentioned. But now is the time as well. Now is the time as well. The NFL, Dane. The source came out that said that they plan to play the Black National Anthem before week one games. And before I get into the article, did you know that Lift Every Voice and Sing was the Black National Anthem? Yeah, we. Uh, I learned about that from my family when I was in high school and didn't, okay. uh, didn't learn I, it all the way through until I got to college when I joined the NAACP. That's okay, what I okay. I learned more about that, it. Okay, that would make sense because I'm going to admit that I did not know that. And, you know, if you go on social media or on Twitter or something, people make jokes about what the Black National Anthem is yeah. and it's some, some rap song or something like that. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. But there is, I mean, in all seriousness, in all seriousness there is a Black National Anthem. A lot of, a lot of schools in the South, uh, you know, uh, it's been the norm. For whatever reason, I still don't know to this day, I mean, other than social conditioning. I don't know why we were, you know, why we were conditioned to say the Pledge of Allegiance in the National Anthem, like in the mornings before school. You remember that? In the morning before school started and stuff like that? I'm a teacher. They still do it. Uh, they still do Oh, my goodness. Uh, yep. I, so it's like, I don't understand. I don't understand it. But at the same time, it's like, this is, kids don't even know the difference. Like, kids don't even know, like, fifth grade, fourth grade, they're like, why are we saying, they're saying it, but I don't want to say it, but. Here we are. I think it's one of those things that got lost over the years. Like it's, it's become more of not why we do it. It's, it's just this more, is the way we've done we, it in the past type yeah. of thing, which is a horrible excuse to do something. But yes, yeah, yeah, I've heard I've heard of a number of schools doing this in the South, 
the the black national anthem. So I, I don't I don't really? know. Yeah, I don't know. Did not know that. I don't know. I, I do not know. Oh, but the source claim that lift every voice and sing traditionally known as the black national anthem mm-hmm. is expected to be performed live or played before every week one NFL game. And the league is considering a variety of other measures during the upcoming season to recognize victims of police brutality. A source familiar with the league's discussions told the undefeated on Thursday, the song will be performed before the star spangled banner. The source said the NFL season opener scheduled for September 10th with the chiefs hosting the Texans. I think to go back to our last topic about, you know, recognizing awareness for everything that's going on. I think Roger Goodell is. I'm, OK, let me let me say this. I think Roger Goodell. <laughs> is, um, I won't say covering his tracks, bro, but I will say that he is one of those. It's one of those situations where he he's like, OK. I got to do this in order to appease. And the way I, I, I I think that this is good. First of all, I, I, my opinion on it is this good. I don't see, I don't see how this particular thing of lift every voice could be a bad thing. I could see it as being used as a, um, some sort of fake, Propaganda. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I can see it. It could be that way. That's what it comes off to me. Right. It could be seen that way. But for you to, we're going back years to when Cap took a knee and you not stepping out and you not making a statement or talking to Cap. You you showed us who you were then. So now you, this empty gesture is kind of like, eh, to me, to me at least. Right, right. But can we say that this is Goodell taking the right steps towards, no pun intended on my Twitter name. <laughs> right. Exit stage left, Beyonce uh, Epps. Uh, but this, could this be seen in any way, Dane, as Goodell saying, hey, I actually recognize what's going on. I actually want to make a difference. I actually want to bring awareness to what's going on in our country and saying, hey, this is us being aware this is us listening this is us doing everything we can to bring awareness to everything that's going on i I made a mistake for what happened back then with kaepernick but hey this is me trying to make up for it this is me trying to say hey let's bring awareness to problems of systemic racism i don't know the reason why i say i don't know because i've in all of the list of demands and changes and requests from players excuse me from players in the nfl and of course, a lot of our our, our voices um, from a lot of the three letter and four letter networks, this isn't listed on any of the demands. So I'm kind of just scratching my head at this one. This it doesn't them playing this song doesn't help with getting more minority co- coaches hired. This doesn't help. I mean, I I don't know. This doesn't. It seems like a a Michael Jordan Space Jam reach. But at the same time, I can see how him thinking maybe this is a good idea. He might have had good intentions, but I could see this. Uh, I could see this backfiring. I can see this backfiring, and I can also see like you know being a pretty a nice gesture. But I'd be interested to see if any of the the NFL players requested this or what they have to say about it because I haven't seen any. 
I mean, I could obviously be mistaken, but I haven't seen anybody, you know, on Twitter or being quoted in any articles saying that this is something that they appreciate or this is a step in the right direction. So I don't want to say as a fan, I don't know if this is it. Um, but of course, as an NFL, or if, the, if this is what they want, and of course, this is what rightfully this is what they, I don't know. I don't know. But it doesn't seem like it. this could fall flat is all I'm going to say. All I'm saying, fall flat. But at the same time, I mean, we'll we'll see how it plays out. It just kind of seems it could fall flat for sure. The article also mentions that I mean, this is not the only thing they're doing. This is what they're yeah. saying that oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they have more plans in store. But it's just about seeing what other things you have in store as far as the um, what the players want. Um, as far as educating people about what's going on in our world and being more aware about certain situations so like like i said it's just one of those wait and see things yeah yeah um, even the situation still with kaepernick like is he still gonna get signed you know there's rumors about you know who's interested and who's not interested that is gonna be a telling thing to me because it seems like kaepernick still wants to play football of course he has other endeavors that's going on and we'll talk about that later in the podcast but a lot of Things that are going to hinge on, in my opinion, if Kaepernick plays football ever in the NFL. Like, will he play again in the NFL? And, Dane, what do you think? Do you think Cap will ever play another down of NFL football? I don't think so. I mean, we had we, we've we had plenty of discussions about it. But at this point, it, the opportunity for many of these NFL teams, plenty of these NFL teams to reach out, uh, to work him out or to offer him a contract, not in some sort of form of charity, but in the form of legit need a starting quarterback or I legit need a backup quarterback. Uh, at the worst, he's a serviceable backup quarterback. But for, the, for him to not receive any type of opportunities past, of course, the, the scheduled workout that we saw a few months ago, well, not a few months ago, last year, I don't know. I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to play in the NFL again, just based on the NFL's track record of, of things like this. But it says a lot when you have a lot of the trash, competent, horrible quarterbacks that have multi-year deals or have made a, a fortune off of being a backup quarterback. Yet this dude, who's been to a Super Bowl, been one of the most electrifying players in the league at one point in time to not even have a job. So if it's, if it was anything other than him being blackballed, I would say, yes, he would have a job in the NFL, but knowing what we know about the NFL and then of course coming out years later saying, oops, our bad. You were right about the whole, you know, kneeling and stuff during the national anthem are bad. Um, I don't think anything's going to come. So if one thing that I don't know if this, if Colin would be okay with doing this, but if there was some sort of, oversight committee or some sort of consulting that he could offer if he doesn't, if they don't end up getting a contract for him, that would probably be a huge win for the NFL. Not because it it shows some sort of charity job for him, but because it shows that they moving forward, they would like to do the right thing as far as empowering the players and doing what's right in the eyes of social activism. So there is some sort of avenue, uh, which I'm sure they plenty of, front offices in the NFL have done and provided consulting jobs to former players and stuff like that. I'm sure if the, the league office wants to do something like that, they would, but I don't 
yeah, I don't think it's going to happen in my eyes. I'm not sure. I, I'm still undecided yet. I, I don't know, man. But I, w- I will say this. When Kaepernick was in the league at his prime, his peak, he was one of those players that changed football. And what I mean by that is, you know, back in the day you had Randall Cunningham scrambling, right? And he was he was good with it, but he he more more or less scrambled to throw the football. Mm-hmm. Then you had Michael Vick, changed he the game. more or less changed the game by you know taking off with it, like making unbelievable moves, unbelievable plays. And Without then watching film, I, exactly, exactly. And what made Kaepernick special, man, with the read option game, yeah. Like that was right when the read option was more or less one of the game changing schemes. Mm-hmm. And he took advantage of that situation. So I feel like he, you know, if he would have stayed in the league, man, he would have definitely got him a ring, in my opinion. Then you have players like Lamar Jackson following in his footsteps. And Lamar, I think, is a mix of both of those guys, Vic and Kaepernick, which is crazy to say. But yeah, man, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards what you're saying as far as him not coming back. I think he has too many other endeavors right now and yeah. things that are bigger than football, which is which is great to see. And so we're we're gonna look back at twenty to thirty years and be like, dang, what what we could have seen athletically if he was given the opportunity um, that all these other trash quarterbacks got the opportunity to do. But on top of that, we're gonna be appreciative and proud that he was able to inject such a change uh, as far as the social activism is concerned, and providing a voice to those who are, of course. Uh, voiceless and uh, who are disenfranchised. So much like how we appreciate and honor Muhammad Ali today in the same breath, we will do the same thing. We'll I hope my hope is that people will appreciate his work as well as that of Maya Moore's work and as it pertains to social activism and of course doing what's right, which is what this country was supposed to be founded upon is justice for all so liberty and justice for all so we'll see i agree brother i agree uh your boy dane cam cam newton <laughs> you gotta cam get that drop in there <laughs> you gotta get that drop in there i gotta add the cam we'll do this drop instead we'll give cam the air horns we'll Cam the air horns. Cam Newton is back in the NFL. Well, he didn't leave. He was a free agent, but he assigned mm-hmm. with none other da, da, da. than the little New England Patriots. Ooh-wee. Cam Newton can he signed a base salary of one point zero five million. He can earn an additional six point four five million in incentives and pre-game or excuse me, per game roster bonuses. One year deal. First thoughts about Cam signing with the Patriots. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Today's a new day. <laughs> I, for one, it was shocking to see it. I mean, when Brody, uh, and shout out to shout out to our homeboy Brody. When Brody, Brody. when Brody sent us that uh, tweet, I was like, okay, this is you know obviously one of those uh, one of those troll accounts, you know, that has the same avatar and same or 
a name similar to one of those verified accounts that provides those, you know, woge bombs and breaking news reports. I thought, like, okay, this is, you know, this is fake. And then, of course, moments after he sent that tweet, I got the, the official notification from ESPN on my iPad. I was like, oh, snap. So this is real, real. And then got another notification about uh, the penalizations that the past received from their little sign line <laughs> Instagramming. Yeah. They tried to pull last year. So I was cool. I I think it's a match made in heaven uh, with Cam trying to bring back everything that he has left with his career and uh, possibly one of the greatest coaches in all of sports history uh, being there to walk him and assist him throughout the way. So the talent has always been there with Cam. Uh, it's I guess it's just, historically speaking, it's just come down to the right moments, coachable moments for Cam. So this is good for them, huge for them. The NFL is going to be much better with him starting on a team. And, of course, people are excited. I am excited. AFC East should be shaking in their boots. So, yeah, those are my thoughts. Did you see that Richard Sermon tweet? Uh, the one he's talking about how he's severely underpaid he is? Yeah, how what other former MVPs that you see sign something like that? He basically how the contract was, you know, severely low for a former MVP. He's got a point though. He's got a point. I agree with, but to be to be on the other side of that, he's coming off an injury, coming off, you know, he didn't play the last two seasons. I don't think he finished the year, but I won't let that bring down the fact that Cam is a former MVP. He led the team to the Super Bowl before my Broncos, you know, did a number on him. But uh, I respect Cam Cam Newton, man. He's a hell of a player. He's tough as nails. And to those people that are talking about his contract, he posted an Instagram post a few days ago saying it in his cryptic little letters that he loves to do. Uh, He said, it's not a lot of things money cannot buy, but amongst the top of that, list of things you would find respect as one of those this is not about money for me it's about respect all i know is work i'm betting it all on me shine through the shade not for likes just for life all those were hashtags but yeah um, i don't know how you read through all those hieroglyphics it's just it's I, hard. I, don't know either. <laughs> I can't pay attention like if i start reading something he says i somehow end up looking at something else going down a wormhole on youtube because i just can't make sense of it but yeah. I, I'll give you my secret. I'm a teacher, so you know I have to read different types of <laughs> chicken scratch. <laughs> yeah, you know, so uh, I'm pretty trained in this area. But this is your area of Cam, expertise. Yeah, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm really happy for Cam. Um, from a Patriots perspective, I think this is definitely a low risk, high reward. Yeah, as a traditional Patriot signing. Exactly. Exactly. I think when. Cam was first released. The Patriots is on top of the list, and mm-hmm. I think this is more of a move why it didn't why didn't it happen soon? And I think they kind of wanted to see how he was, how he was progressing, or they wanted uh, to wait until they got some news handed down to them about their illegal activities, <laughs> and they wanted to go ahead and pad their. Uh, they wanted they dropped it the same yeah, day. They dropped it the same within thirty minutes of each other, just to ensure the blow didn't hurt too bad. I like yeah, nice. so they, so for those that don't know, the same day that the uh, Patriots, <laughs> yeah, probably the same minute, <laughs> the same time the Patriots announced the signing of Cam Newton, Cam. the NFL finally 
gave the punishment for the filming incident from when the crew working for a for the television department illegally filmed the Bengal Cylon on December eighth. The Bengals are I both know. teams, man. Just don't understand. Right. And I know we talked about that on this podcast, Dane, oh, and I went did. through a lot of our episodes trying to find the exact predictions we had and I could not find it. Oh, so I remember mine. I said nothing what's gonna happen is gonna be a slap on the wrist, something like a seventh round pick you taking that's what I said, but of course I was wrong. I think I said something along those lines. And if anybody listening can go back to one of our old episodes and find that, let me know. Let me know if I'm wrong. There's a cash because prize I not. if you find out which episode it is. Cash prize to redeem that <laughs> prize. Call Deontay's number. I'll make sure to leave it in the comment section. Uh, <laughs> you get a dollar. Maybe that. I'll give you, I'll give you a little cash like that. This guy. The decision to find the organization $1.1 million and take away a third-round pick in 2021 finally closes the investigative chapter between the Patriots and NFL. So it was, I mean, a third-round pick could, for the Patriots, they find players in the sixth, seventh round. I think it is a slap on the wrist for them. $1.1 million, that ain't nothing for them. Um, you know, we always see Patriots in, in these type of situations with the NFL going back to Spygate. Going back to Deflate Gate, yeah. Um, seems like it's always something a little fishy over there in New England, man. Just, I mean, you know what? The the, pe- the penalty that they receive that is pretty significant, especially when you consider just how, excuse me, how successful a lot of these third round picks are. Um, just off the top of my head, you, know, you got Tyran Matthews, you got Russell Wilson, uh, Frank Gore, Travis Kelsey. Uh, the list goes on. And if there's anybody that's, or if there's any team that is successful in their late round, uh, post day two draft picks, it's definitely the Patriots. So this is all under the, under the assumption that they don't gain more picks, which they do every single year. They always gain compensatory picks because of how deeply they value paying the correct positions and letting guys walk who, of course, demand too much money and or not premium positions as they course have shown us over time so we'll see how that plays out just happy to see cam back on the field for sure and i think he is going to have a a decent year like he didn't have a lot of weapons in carolina and he bought out the the patriots have edelman still they have muhammad sanu um just crazy they have a couple of them too when they were just working out and just how cam i mean muhammad sanu is a tall dude himself but cam is just towering over this man like it's crazy like well Muhammad Sanu was 6'2 6'3 but Cam is like like a I don't know it's just like a refrigerator standing next to a toaster how do you think those AFC East teams are feeling oh they should they should <laughs> definitely feel on on alert they should he put them on yeah. put them on watch like the Dolphins I suspect I don't I mean the, the Buffalo Bills don't scare me I mean based on who they have a quarterback and what we know about elite teams and those solid defenses over time, it can't be sustained if your your quarterback play isn't at least average. And we've seen that our boy uh, Josh Allen is, is not that. So I'm not worried about the Buffalo Bills being a factor in the AFC East. However, the Dolphins, I think that that matchup between the Patton and the Miami Dolphins is going to be uh, that of legends because of the Brian Flores coming from the Bill Belichick coaching tree and then just the history they have even going back to last year how the Patriots couldn't even beat them when they had Tom Brady so 
I don't know about the Jets because that, you know, the Jamal Adams thing and then just they're up and down. So I think this is, of course, the AFC. The AFC East is the Pat, the Patriots division to lose. Like always, they got to feel like, dang, finally when Brady left and we think we got a chance. <laughs> dang, we suck again. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see how that plays out for sure. NFL sources, and actually it actually came out that the NFL is going to shorten the preseason to 20 mm. games. <laughs> Everything going on with the pandemic. You don't like that? <laughs> I love it. I, I don't like preseason no, games. What I'm, saying, what I'm laughing is because they're trying their – damnedest to do everything but oh, cancel yeah. this season or push it back like it's at this point it's like all right guys uh we have our own team of doctors and suggested we can go by and although this is one of the most physically demanding sports of all time uh where there's no way that we can successfully have a season without anyone touching and grabbing and tackling and rubbing up against another person even in the midst of a global pandemic there's no way that we're possibly going to forego this season. So in the efforts to make sure that we still have football, we're going to cancel two, <laughs> two weeks of our four week preseason game that not people, not many people watch anyways past the first two seasons or past the first two games. So I don't know. I hope it's, this is, this could go one of two ways, Deontay. This can go really well. This can be received very good. Or this could be horribly bad. This could go horribly bad. Horribly wrong. Are you talking about in the grand scheme of... Preventing exposure, I'm assuming, or not assuming, based on the articles that we have read and the quote-unquote sources, this is meant to curb out some of those potential positive cases because a number of those cases have been have come back positive, roughly 40 to 50 positive COVID-19 uh, players and our player personnel. Um, so it's, I don't, I don't know if it's a precautionary thing as so much to protect the investments of the unit or protect the revenue of the NFL moving forward. But this, I don't, I'd say we've said this a long time ago, a few weeks ago, a few podcasts ago, that the NFL season probably won't happen. You've seen the way that the NBA season is uh, quote unquote going to happen. And we see the number of athletes that are pulling out of that. And with a much larger pool of players the NFL has, this could go bad very quickly. I think even with positive tests, depending on how many, they're still going to push on like, that's the even sad during thing. the season. That is the, 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 we have seen this particular – we have seen the COVID-19 in particular for whatever reason – and I'm being very sarcastic when I say for whatever reason that targets African-Americans that are an alarming break uh, more than other, any other demographic in a league that has predominantly African-American players. This is playing with this is legitimately playing with fire. As much as I love sports, I would be OK with the season not happening for the sake of these players having access to the rest of their careers and not you know, being stunted by this virus that we know little to nothing about. Sorry, viewers and listeners <laughs> make me make this thing take such a dark right. turn. <laughs> like, damn, man, I just, I just got off work. I'm trying to listen to this to make my day a little bit better. And you up here talking about the bubonic plague and <laughs> my bad, man. 
they like, dang, this dude does not want the season to happen. No, I, I understand what you're saying, bro. And they also announced or, or some sources saying that they're trying to curb the – not curb the virus, but trying to bring in less players into training camp because they know the virus is spreading like crazy. They're trying to take all the stops they can without, to allow – killing to the happen. season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so – I mean, last podcast, we talked about how they canceled the Hall of Fame game. They moved the Hall of Fame actual ceremony to 2021. I just think they're like, like we mentioned in our first topic, money talks. And when money's this much money is at stake, they're going to take every possible avenue, every possible scenario to make a season happen, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, up to people to decide that, but they're going to keep pushing forward as we've seen so far. And you mentioned the NBA and they're going through their little struggles right now. Their their season is supposed to start at the end of this month. And from Shams yesterday, so he announced that it was nine more NBA players that have tested positive for coronavirus out of 344 players tested between June 24th and June 29th. Overall, 25 players tested positive since testing began June 23rd. So they have 25 positive tests out of 351 players. Out of 884 team staff tested, 10 have tested positive. I don't know what the percentages on that is. I It looks like, it seems like that's kind of low, but that's before um, they even got to Orlando. They're not in Orlando yet. And... You have teams already that have shut down um, practice and facilities. I think the Clippers, it was a Nuggets a few days ago. Then yesterday, I want to say the Clippers, Dane, shut down practice. Um, So I'm not sure. And I think Adam Silver actually came out and said there's a possibility that COVID could actually cancel the season. But until they get to that point, they're going to push on and I think it still all goes to money talks, man. What you think? Yeah, it's 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 still playing with fire, but you know this the N, the NBA is serving as the the sample size. We're gonna see based on the the guinea, yeah, pig. The, the guinea pig, if you will, the the hamster, the gerbil, um, the lab rats. They're gonna be the test case for how we're gonna play out, how this is gonna play out. Um, and of course, it's such a small sample because the, the NBA, the number of teams that are going to be there, the number of games that are going to be played uh, within a number of weeks. And then, of course, the roster size, I think I already said that, but the roster size is much smaller for, you know, to replicate or for the NFL to replicate the same processes. But we're going to see. I'm, and of course, I'm hoping that everything goes well, but I'm also preparing for the worst because what what we don't know we don't know what we don't know about this whole thing. So here we go. From Wojnarowski from yesterday, as a precaution, the LA Clippers shut down the team's practice and facility on Thursday after a positive coronavirus test within the traveling party headed to Orlando, Florida for the league restart. The Clippers could reopen the facility for workouts prior to the team's planned Wednesday departure for Florida. The Denver Nuggets and Brooklyn Nets temporarily shut down their facilities last week after positive tests for the virus. Teams are allowed to send a 35-person group to NBA's campus at Walt Disney World Resort. 
the way that the numbers the numbers that we've seen and since our last pod they've continued to skyrocket governor abbott for texas reissued that everybody wear a mask in public so the numbers are are back up to where they were if not higher than when the virus first started to get in the u.s so like you said bro this is tough bro i don't i don't see it i don't see it but uh, nonetheless it's more of those wait and see approaches i think i I wonder what like for the nba and maybe in the nfl what number in their head are they thinking like okay if this many people test positive this percentage test positive then we have to shut down like do you think they have a set number for how many players need to test positive for them to say i'm glad you said that i don't think they have a set number i think they have a set name if so and so and so and so test positive for COVID 19 this is what is this going to do to our brand one of the big name athletes one of your cover stars if i don't want to put any names out there because i don't want to put that on nobody but if XYZ gets this and ABC get this and then one, two, three gets this. Oh no. Like we don't have, like it's in every NBA finals series, we've had big names on East and West. So with that being said, there are plenty. I don't think it's a number. I think it's a name or names that they are going to push the panic button. at. So, that's all I have to say. Redskins uh, put out their press release, their formal statement, by the way. Oh, they did? Just did? Uh, yeah. Adam Sheff put this out at 10 o'clock. Read, read that thing. <clears throat> statement from the Washington Redskins. In light of recent events around our country and feedback from our community, the Washington Redskins are announcing the team will undergo a thorough review of the team's name. This review formalizes the initial discussions the team has been having with the league in recent weeks. Dan Schneider, the owner of the Washington Redskins, stated, This process allows for the teams to take into account not only the proud tradition and the history of this franchise, but also input from our alumni, the organization that sponsors the National Football League and the local community. It is proud to represent on and off the field. Ron Rivera, head coach of the Washington Redskins, remarked, This issue is personal. Oh, correction. This issue is of personal importance to me, and I look forward to working closely with Dan Schneider to make sure that we continue the mission of honoring and supporting Native Americans and our military. What the hell? Okay, we believe this review can and will be conducted with the best interest of all in mind. What does that have to do with the military? What does the name change have to do with the military? I'm lost on that Why would you... Boy... Okay. What? But they, <laughs> not even about that part, but what you said they would say, they yeah. said. <laughs> I had no idea that they were going to say this, but they said it. Yeah. Uh, what? I'm still going back and what does the military have to do with any of this? Okay, I'm sorry. I don't understand. Please, somebody help me. Help me. <laughs> help me help. What? Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand what that has to do with anything. It, yeah, if you're listening and you can give us more of an understanding of that, that'd be great. That would be great. Yeah, 
But man, that statement is eerily similar to what you said they would say yeah, earlier. That's it really crazy. Is. Um, I definitely within the last since we started this podcast today, I have come up with a new name for them. Some of you have might be quite familiar with this name. I'm going with the Washington Sentinels. And I think Keanu Reeves should be the uh the mascot. <laughs> Anybody that doesn't get that reference, it's okay. Just let it sit there and marinate I love Google that. and maybe you will get it. Um but I, I think this is I think that'd be their that's the only choice they have, the Washington Sentinels. So, last podcast, did we talk, did we get to fix the franchise, fix Madden franchise, or had they released Madden franchise no, info yet? that was the no, one they thing didn't. they left out. They mentioned everything except for the one thing that everybody's been dying to, you know, everybody's been coming at their throats for it because they ha- it's literally been copy and paste for the last seven seasons. Nothing has been added to the, the connect the franchise mode. Right. And so... Franchise has been a hardcore gamer mode since I can remember. I remember watching my brothers play. And so it's been a staple of the Madden community in general forever. Listen to this. I will list the features for Madden NFL 21 franchise mode. The new X-Factors make their way in the franchise. More details on X-Factors in Madden NFL 21 coming soon. Franchise has an expanded wildcard playoff round to match the real-life NFL, which now features three games for each conference instead of two. Updated all rookie contract amounts to be more authentic to the actual draft rookie contracts for all seven rounds. Retuned every position's available abilities to better consider in-game effectiveness of the ability and archetype authenticity. Also made the second ability unlock for most positions 85 over. Overall, excuse me. Fixed multiple cases in logic of players considered for a dev trait upgrade at the end of the season, not checking the correct stat types. Updates to all team back-end depth chart philosophy so they match the team scheme. Added position-specific offensive linemen archetype progression buckets for offensive tackle, offensive guard, and center to capture variance in overall formulas based on positional expectations. Previously, all O-linemen were pulling from the same progression bucket. Fixed issues were defensive playbooks and schemes for our fictional coaches Coaches would be misaligned. Those are your Madden 21 franchise features. And those are patch notes, basically. And what patch notes are, for those that under, don't understand... It's when they edit the game. It's when they edit the game. As far as tunes, tune, fix a little detail. Those are not features what I just listed. Those are things that can be done as updates in the game. So for them to basically say, this is like the equivalent of them saying, here, here, take this and be happy with it type thing and uh-huh. yeah. oh, take a little to the free those right <laughs> exactly there was a big fixed madden franchise hashtag that went trending number one on twitter 
And what I am about to play, Dane, and then I'll get to you. I'm going to play Madden's response to the Mac, uh, hashtag fix Madden franchise. This is what the executive producer, Sean Grady, had to say. Hey, Madden franchise community. I'm Sean Grady. I'm the executive producer for Madden NFL. And on behalf of the entire Madden development team, we wanted to reach out to say we see your fix Madden franchise tweets and we understand your frustration. Now, the franchise community is critically important to us, and we appreciate, of course, your passion for Madden NFL. We're reading your feedback, and we clearly understand that you want more. We've seen your requests for details around what the franchise community can expect moving forward. And while I don't have a lot of details I can share with you right now, I can tell you that today our team is actively working on bolstering plans to support franchise in Madden NFL 21 and beyond. The development team is collectively right now working from home to prepare Madden NFL 21 for launch on August 28th. But we're also committed to providing updates to you on our thoughts and plans around franchise moving forward before the game launches. So again, thank you for all the passion and the feedback that you bring. For those of you that are going to participate in the closed beta, we look forward to more feedback later this weekend. Thank you. Dane, respond. Actions speak louder than words. He gave you these air horns. He said what? Yeah. I ain't trying to hear that bush. Actions he, speak louder than he, words. He said they doing what they can, Dane. What? Nah, son. Nah, son. Uh, let me tell you something, Sean. I, well, I appreciate you standing in front of your TV at your crib talking about how we listening to the feedback and blah, 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 I don't need to hear what you guys are, are planning to do. I need to see I need to see it in black and white. I need you to put the money where the mouth is. The same energy that you guys put into the Madden Ultimate team that supports, you know, uh, I don't know, gambling and, and those type of addictive behaviors that are associated with it. The same energy you put in that, the same energy you need to put in the connected franchise mode. Because myself, Deontay, and plenty of our close friends that we have these franchises with, uh, franchises with every single year they're enjoyable up to a certain point where it's like damn this is the same exact thing we had last year with nothing new and plenty of gripes i would like to say a large reason why a lot of our franchises don't last is because of the legit boredom that we get with the franchise mode dry yeah it, it just it's just very dry so with nothing nothing new to it i would really love to enjoy Joining the franchise mode that we have, me and all the fellas that we typically do every year, multiple franchises that we have, but it's just hard to do that if there is nothing new added to the game. There's no type of money thrown at the game, no type of anything. So for the love of God and all things that are dear to my hobbies, please fix franchise mode. That's all I got to say. Is Couldn't have said it better, bro. It's it's sad. It's been seven years since they even touched franchise mode in a significant way. And I know I was on my soapbox last episode, but it's the truth, man. And I remember something that Coach Hawkins told me a while back. He had mentioned, like, if I don't say anything to you, that doesn't mean that means I don't care. If I'm yeah. on you, that means I care about yeah. what you're doing, what you're trying to do. And that's the same with that like, it's something i grew up with like 
one of my favorite games growing up besides the NCAA franchise. I'm a diehard sports fan, diehard football fan, play football in high school and all that good stuff. So it's something I care about. Like, that's why I'm so hard on it. That's why people in the community are so hard on it. That's why the Twitter sports world, sports gamers are so hard on it because it's something they care about and something that used to be cared about by EA sports. And like, now it seems like that care, that compassion, that listening to what the community wants has stepped aside and step in face of the franchise mode. Hey, we want to do a story mode like 2k. Well, what's different 2k franchise mode what they what they call my league is more in depth that's why i'm playing that like just because how in depth it is the different yeah exactly they listen to what people want in their community they add it into the game right and that's why i'm playing the my league there because it's so in depth it's not dry things happen things change madden's is the same old same old every year for seven years straight so for them, like like you said, I appreciate Sean coming up in front of the TV and saying what he had to say, but at the same time... I'm going to need like, a little more than that, cuz. Right. And it's like, you wouldn't have responded had, you know, the reaction and y'all looking so bad hadn't gone worldwide. This is worldwide. Mm-hmm. But we've been saying this for seven years. It's crazy how all of our topics today, and you know, video games is probably small in that specter, but Every topic that we've had, or most of the topics that we had today, is like, man, we've been saying this for so long, but y'all ain't been listening. (laughs) Y'all ain't been listening. You only listen when, you know, the attention is on you, right? Now, when the pressure, when somebody lights a fire up up under your feet. Exactly. So, yeah, it shouldn't have have taken all of that, honestly, Deontay. You already said that. It shouldn't have taken all of this. But they listen to a lot of those those pro streamers and, and, even the athletes themselves that do play uh, man, if they listened to this years ago when they were requested changes or additions, just simple stuff versus giving giving the consumers things that they didn't ask for, we wouldn't have this problem. And you have people flocking to buy your game pre-orders and not canceling the pre-orders. And you'll have more people supportive of the owners uh, signing on for an, an extension with EA. We, we, we would have complete back of your supporters if you just done the right thing years ago, but now that you're going, we, we've been through a number of generations of consoles for you to get the idea that maybe listening to the consumers, the ones that purchase this game, maybe that's the way to go. So, yeah, Sean, I see what you mean, but the proof is in the pudding or and or for the, my biblical folks out there, you're supposed to judge a tree by the fruit and fruit that y'all got there, man, is looking pretty crappy, my G. You had mentioned that. You had some ideas for what franchise could be like or something like that, you said? Oh, I just had a few notes that I jotted down over the, you know, just oh, spit them riddles, right petty things that I just didn't like or things that just were an annoyance um, on Madden, the, the franchise mode. So one in particular is just the historical records. When you're trying to go back and look at, you know, games from the past that you've had, like let's say you're in year five of your franchise, there's no way for you to see what happened from years one through four. No way. There's no historical records that you can go and look at. And unless the only records you can look at is if you broken the um, the single season rushing record or you've thrown for 10 touchdowns in one game. You can see that. 
but you can't see the actual data from the actual games. There's no player breakdown or player stats breakdown or team stats breakdown over, you know, the course of the years. So that needs to be added into the game. Another thing, I used to have this in Madden where former players could be hired as your coaches. I don't know why they got rid of that, but that was pretty cool. Like you you have somebody that retired from the game, like, I don't know, a Tony Romo or a Brian Dawkins, and you can have them as your head coach. It was small, but still fans appreciate that kind of thing. Um, another thing was, and this bothered the hell out of me, when you're playing in a QB-only fran- connected franchise mode, there's no way to put players in motion. And that is huge. When you're trying to read a defense, I'm coming to you as a video game. When you're trying to read a defense, one of the best ways excuse me, to manipulate the coverage or to manipulate the, the other people, the other guys on the other side of the team, uh, on the other side of the field is to put a player in motion just to see what type of movement you get. If the corner goes with the player in motion, more than likely it's some sort of man. If the corner stays exactly where they're at, more than likely it's some form of, of zone coverage. If they don't move at all, sometimes it's a, it's a, it's a blitz, but we don't get that luxury in the QB only franchise mode. Another thing, there are no explanation of the sliders. We, you and I and Bo, we have, oh, shout out to Bo. We've been playing uh, the Dynasty mode in NCAA 14. And if you look at the sliders, there's an explanation for every single slider. We don't have that in Madden. There is no way for you to determine what a slider at 100 means for fumbles versus what the slider at zero means. Not until you play with it, and it shouldn't take that. Uh, another thing, the inability to change your X factors, uh, your X factor abilities within the franchise mode is exhausting. The only way for you to change the X factor abilities uh, in Madden franchise mode is by one, you retire the coach that you're playing as, and then you select to come back to play as a player. You select the player that you want to change the X factor for, and then you can change it that way. And then you have to retire, but create another player so it doesn't replace the correct created or so it doesn't replace the player. And then you can go back in and, you know, play as the, the coach again. The other way is, as if you're a coach, to change the X-Factor abilities is change the player's position, advance the week, and then change the position player back to what their the default player was or the default position was. And that way it'll change it to a different, you know, ability. But you don't get to you don't get to select what ability that is. Uh, one other thing. And this is just across the board. Well, no, this is not really across the board. When you're playing against the computer in franchise mode, pancakes are pretty much non-existent. They, they, they don't happen. Um, there would be a, a level of authenticity in the game if there were some form of fashion that was addressed because the, the blocking itself is, is a joke when you're on offense. Um, what else? I feel like there's... Oh, when you're playing against the computer in franchise mode, I don't see this happening a lot in any of the other modes, but when you're playing against a computer, anytime you throw an interception or there's a, a turnover, the CPU who, who it turns out to be the ball carrier is taking the ball the other way. They turn to Usain Bolt every time. It doesn't matter what position they are. They could be a defensive tackle, 340-pound defensive tackle. There's some level of speed where even sometimes when you have an angle, it's it's near impossible to catch up to them, and that's a, that's a serious flaw in the game. There are, of course, other gripes about franchise mode itself, but for the most part, simple stuff. Even 
adding a feature in where you can practice or scrimmage other players week to week without, you know, having to play them in an, an actual week to week matchup. I feel like that used to be a feature a while back. Another thing, like kind of like having the presentation aspect as far as having like the graphics you see when you watch a game on Fox or CBS, stuff like that, having those same type of graphics would bring a that realism factor into Madden. And then kind of what you were saying about NCAA 14, um, the coaching carousel, having coaches every offseason have to deal with, you know, okay, am I re-signing with this team or – like fire, the firing and hiring circus, uh, cycle, Black Friday is like a big thing in the NFL, and to have that in Madden would be something that's really cool too. So, of course, Madden has a lot of things to work on, but like little things, like you said, Dane, little things like that could go a long way to building the presentation and making the game feel fresh and not like a recycled year-to-year type thing. So, like we said, they, they're they supposedly listening now. They responded I mean, obviously, it's too late to add kind of these things that we want now because, you know, pretty the game is pretty much done. They got the beta out now. So um, maybe they'll work toward it. I mean, you've got four years stuck with them, five years, excuse me, stuck with Madden and EA uh, because of that deal they had with the NFL. So maybe they will change. We, you can't, I mean, it's just a wait and see now. It's just a wait and see. I don't know, it's just it's just tough to pay sixty dollars every year. Oh, well, and that's going to change, of course. And then it's going to be tough to pay. Year. Yeah, to pay sixty dollars this year every year for the same thing, and a lot of times, a lot of people don't have the fortune of testing out the game before they're able to buy it. Um, I, I'm not in that position. We there have been plenty of times where I've been able to watch people play the game or even get the the demos and beta before it releases. There hasn't been a year that I haven't bought it, but this will be the first year that I don't buy it. I'm, I'm 100% holding myself to that. I told my wife that she's, you know, of course, surprised by it, but she gets it. She knows my frustration with the game itself. So, ah, so I remember last week you said you're gonna wait till Black Friday. Now you're gonna, you're not gonna go at all. Nah, unless they show me something, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna go at all. I, I'm in the same boat with you, man. There's a different route that I'm going to take. There's a, uh, a an alternate uh, football game that I'm looking into. So it looked the developments they have with the, I think it's a uh, maximum football. If I'm mistaken. The developments they have with oh, the that's the one I talked about. I, I bought last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they they I've been following. I started following one of the one of their content creators for their game. So I'm looking into it. I think theirs drops in September, if I'm not mistaken. But they've been making pretty good. You know, it won't it won't have online yet. But I mean, if they get the backing from like a big development company, I could see it in the future for them, maybe before this deal with Madden is done or with EA Sports. So, yeah, that if you don't know what game we're talking about, look up Maximum Football 2020. Um, It's a small little indie company out of Canada that they're working on this game. They worked on one last year, which I played for a little bit. It had its gripes, but. It was a. Uh, I mean, they're still new, but they. The one thing they do, they listen to their community and they add little, little things in there here and there that make the game kind of fun. So, um, so yeah, what we'll see what Madden comes up with, man. But speaking of video games, the covers for uh, 2K21 came out. Mm. Each year, obviously, they do a uh, a legend cover. So. 
for the regular current gen cover, it was Dame Lillard. For the next gen cover, it's going to be Zion Williamson, of course. In the Legend Edition, it's going to be the late, the great Kobe Bryant. That's going to break the cover. And, of course, it still seems like, you know, it's just a situation It's sad to see as far as him not being here. It's still hard to believe, should I say, him not being here. Um, When you first saw this announcement about Kobe on the cover, was it one of those things where it had to be Kobe? At least that's how I felt for me. How what emotions did you have, bro? I felt like one, it had to be Kobe, and two, it was like I don't know if this was the right thing to do. I hate to be the Debbie Downer, the negative Nancy, all that, but it just doesn't feel. It it, it sounds like the the good old sympathy buy. The same thing that a lot of award shows do after an artist passed, they make sure they get nominated for the award, and then of course they award them with it while they're gone. Like that's. It seems counterproductive. It's kind of distasteful, a little disrespectful, but it's nothing more than, honestly, I hate to say it, but if I'm giving EA the smoke, I got to give 2K the smoke too, but this seems like nothing more than 2K pulling at our heartstrings to buy their product. Now, want my support? Great, you can have my support. Make sure all the, the additional funds that go into the price increase for the Legends Edition, make sure that goes to one of Kobe Bryant's charities that's in his name, or maybe something that goes towards uh some cause um since of course you are benefiting because a lot of people are going to buy that kobe Bryant edition a lot of people are going to my i myself when i first seen the reveal i was like oh man, i gotta buy that but then i was like wait a minute this doesn't feel right you know and uh, of course a lot of people are like oh dan you're overthinking i was like well i mean somebody's got to overthink it and they mentioned in one of the articles that we that you shared with me deontay they mentioned the price hike for the game from this generation to the next generation. If that, if Kobe Bryant being on the cover and that being a money grab doesn't piss you off, then the game going from a $60 purchase to a hundred dollar purchase, that is going to piss you off because many people, I don't think a lot of people are going to know about it. Unless of course, a lot of the people with a high following or YouTube channels or streamers are going to say it. I don't think they'll say because it really doesn't affect them that much, but you're not going to be able to transfer your character from this generation to the next generation unless you get the $100 Kobe Bryant edition. So I don't know. What do you, what do you make of that, Deontay? Sorry, I didn't mean to take the air out of the, <laughs> the air out of the. No, you said something that, uh, that I didn't even think about. So I'm sitting here thinking like, dang, how like I didn't even think about it that way as far as does any of the like the earnings from 2K making this game is this going to one of Kobe Bryant's entities or organizations his family something like that and I'm going to give 2K the benefit of the doubt I I feel like even if like with their cover athletes in general I don't know how that works I feel like they would get some type of percentage for them being on the cover I mean, that would make sense, like the deal. I, I I don't know the contract workings behind it. But me, I would think that this product, if 2K is smart and, you know, in their right hearts and minds, I, I believe <laughs> that it would go to Kobe Bryant's family. 
or his entity, something like that. That, I, that would be my hope, at least, that they would do the right thing like that. Right. And if that's the case, then that's a good move, of course. But if that's not the case, that's sad. But at the same time, I it's like, isn't that like that with every athlete? That's a good thing to try to research for sure. Like, what's that percentage look like? What? Well, it's... If we're going to no, I'm saying I, I know I'm sure that they get a percentage of it, but we're talking about one of the greatest basketball players of all time, and of course with several other people dying in such a tragic way. For and I, I'm sure there there's a lot of thought going into it. They had to get feedback from a lot of current players, even people that are close to Kobe Bryant, because that 2K community is very close knit. My thought process is there has to be some form or fashion of some of those proceeds. I'd hope a majority percentage of the proceeds for the Legends edition. This is just the Kobe Bryant edition I'm talking about. There has to be some form of those proceeds going towards a good cause or one of the charities that are underneath the, the Bryant family name. Otherwise, this seems distasteful. That's that's the only thing I'm saying here. I, I don't want to. I don't want to you know, rain down on anybody's prey because I'm trust me, I'm excited to purchase it too. Like I've thought long and hard about it since the cover athlete was, you know, revealed, you know, since his cover was revealed, I was like, man, this is just, I don't want to, I don't want to cross the line here as far as my morality is concerned. Like, is it really worth me buying a hundred dollar games if none of the money is going towards something that I think it should go to? And uh, it's just, put me in a real place a convicting place as far as capitalism is concerned like it's really that important for me to buy that yeah like it's just i overthink a lot of things like that and that might be one of them but no such a huge kobe Bryant fan being a lakers fan so it's, i don't know you made me step back and think for real about it because i i didn't think about it that way i mean he was on the cover 10 years ago for 2k11 yeah. and so i i would think you would think in general like hey Everyone knows the situation that happened. You got to think 2K has something in place, has something in place where some type of percentage and uh, or, you know, in, uh, proceeds go to some type of Kobe Bryant entity, whether it's his family, um, one of his organizations, things like that. So that that is a good, good, good topic, bro, and insight that you were thinking about. And hopefully our listeners take heed as well. Oh yeah, for sure. It's just, it's just one of those things. Like we want to enjoy the things that we have to enjoy in our hobby and our downtime, but at the same time, I have to be conscious about, conscious and intentional about the way that I go about enjoying it in the midst of, you know, tragedy and and honoring those people. And all that aside, how the hell? How are they going to back? I, I don't wait. Correct me if I'm wrong, but are they backtracking about? all your purchases for your new purchases titles, your new purchase titles for uh, PS4 and Xbox uh, one, all those are going to be, you know, you can redeem those same purchases on the next generation consoles. How would they backtrack about that now? Or am I misinterpreting? So, so I think it's up to the developer. So the one I had told you about was for Madden. So mm-hmm. all the Madden stuff, like it's just a free upgrade. 
right. game itself. I'm not sure about progress, um, but that's what Madden chose to do. 2K, I'm guessing is they're putting it or Xbox and PlayStation are putting it up to the developer because it seems like each little game is coming out with saying you uh, could do a free upgrade. You know, you're right. You're absolutely. I'm rereading the, what Pasta said. He said this is in contrast to EA Sports. I was thinking this was in contrast to their previous 2K's previous statements. So you're right. This I was was it conflating? Yeah, conflating two things. I was conflating two different entities, uh, EA and 2K. So I don't know. I'm not, I don't know. Hey, maybe I'm just overthinking, it. and I'll, I'll check with the wife because she she's like, yeah, you are overthinking. It. She'll let me know. <laughs> in movie news. Do, 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 do. Uh, we had Ray Fisher come out with a statement on Twitter. If you don't know who Ray Fisher is, he plays Cyborg in the Justice League. He is Cyborg. Um, mm-hmm. And he had a comment about director Joss Whedon. And he said Joss Whedon's onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Berg. Jeff Johns runs DC, right? Uh, he's one of the he's one of the comic book writers, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think that's right. So, that's right. So I'm 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 sure they were on set and stuff. So, so he has he's he's one of those comic book writers that has a really 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 big stake uh, in some of those scripts because they consult with him. Like, well, does this seem like something the character of uh, the Flash would do in a situation like this? Well, no, because actually, in the third volume of the uh, run that we had in the '80s, he blah 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 blah. Yeah, so, right. Right. Um, he got a lot of support for what he tweeted, Ray Fisher. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of only piles up on how bad the movie was in general. <laughs> and why they come out with a Snyder Cut version. And, you know, Josh Whedon took over for Zack Snyder after Zack Snyder had that tragedy in his family. And, you know, everything went downhill from there. So mm-hmm. uh, shout out to Ray Fisher for speaking out and. Um, he also said accountability is greater than entertainment. So holding mm-hmm. those accountable as far as what went on during the set. And so that that's just another problem. Another little slice of what happened during that movie and why it was not what it was hyped up to it be. Didn't mesh. Yeah, it didn't mesh. There's a reason why it didn't mesh the way it was supposed to. Yeah. So uh, shout out to Ray Fisher. And there's a lot of rumors about what DC is doing right now, Dane. I don't even know if you've seen it, but we'll we'll talk about that next podcast because I'm hearing a lot of crazy things. I'm hearing, you know what, I, I'll say it. I'm hearing that, and I don't know how true it is, I'm hearing that the DCEU is trying to do a multiverse. Yeah. And so we announced last week, or we mentioned on our podcast about Michael Keaton coming back as Batman. Supposedly, Ben Affleck has signed to resign to be Batman as well, and then you got Robert Pattinson as Batman. So you right now, supposedly, I don't know how true this is, so that's why I'm not going to go in in depth on it. But supposedly, it's supposed to be three Batman in different universes, Sheesh. all existing, and so it's getting kind of weird right now. But uh, I, we might dive at, into that next week. But uh, anything, any other thing about Ray Fisher? No, shout out to Ray, and it just highlights a bigger issue um, within Hollywood in those spaces that it's hard for any actor, regardless of what the 
uh, accusation was for them to come out because of fear of backlash. And it shouldn't be like that. You have plenty of victims, especially from the Me Too movement, that were scared to come out because of how vilified they were and how threatened they were that their careers were at stake because if they did speak out of, you know, the sexual harassment, sexual assault, or just the downright horrible treat uh, or the horrible treatment of them on set, if they did speak out about it, it would threaten their livelihood. Now, a lot of these uh, actors themselves, they made a career out of being in some of these, you know, movies and stuff like that. So when you are ostracized because you simply speak out about mistreatment, that sends a message. And it's been well documented in Hollywood just how much um, the blackballing takes place um, from those who choose to, quote unquote, speak out of terms. So shout out to him. And I hope that everyone is everyone who is involved directly with him, directly or indirectly involved with him is uh, an agent of change. And they're willing to give him a chance as well as all those other people who have spoken in the past a chance when they are, of course, uh, criticized and ostracized and put out and blackballed because they spoke out against something that took place that didn't make any sense and that didn't honor or value human uh, humanity in, in, its, in its whole. So, Shout out to him. It sucks that that happened and to all those actors. And it feels like that for him to have to be the one to come out, he put a lot on the line there. So shout out to him and shout out to those who stand up for those in that industry for when they call out stuff like that, that action, actionable steps actually take place and healing can take place. And of course, right things moving forward would be making sure that those people that uh, abuse their power don't be put in the position or don't get offered positions where they can abuse those again. So shout out to him and, and those who are going through that and of our support. And we ain't standing for none of that. Couldn't have said it better, bro. Couldn't have said it better. We ain't for like Ed Reese says, that's some, that's, that's some sucker stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's calling out Drew Brees. Like, man, that's some, you a sucker for that, man. <laughs> I, have to, I have to bring that back. I'm going to start a push on social media to bring that back as an insult. Man, you a sucker for that, man. You a sucker, man. You a sucker for that, man. <laughs> time to bring that back. It's time to bring it's time to bring bully and the bullies back, man. Some of these clowns out here with on these power chips need to they need to be put back in their place. And most of them behind keyboards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hiding behind uh avatars and they don't Egg. mean anything. Used to be yeah, eggs and stuff. <laughs> hiding behind throwaway accounts. Like yeah. uh, you wanna be bold and with these hot takes and this, these bigoted thoughts. Why don't you put your real face out there so we see who you are? Don't hide. You you hide not an avatar, but you out there not putting on a mask in public to prevent yourself from catching that COVID and spreading it. Get out of here. Let them know. Let them know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no. If you're listening to this, then you you should know that we are now na- mandated in the state of Texas to, to wear your mask. So do your part. Wear your mask. It's not that big of a deal. If you if if it's 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 not a political issue. This is a, a this is a health concern. The life issue. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you red or, or red or blue or you know, a, a donkey or an elephant. Like wear the freaking mask, G. Like well, I'm, I don't know about y'all, but I'm trying to enjoy some sports in the fall, and more importantly, I'm trying to make sure I, my son gets to celebrate his birthday around family members and friends. And we can't do that if y'all put on the damn mask. So yep. put on your mask. Just keep your six feet away from people. Brush your teeth and wash your hands. I'm out.
last week we started a segment and it is called put on segment put on segment yeah so our put on segment kind of tweaking it we're gonna put on somebody as well but we're also mentioning some good things that are happening um so netflix to produce six-part series on colin kaepernick (laughs) colin kaepernick will be the subject of a six-part series produced by acclaimed director ava duvernay Netflix announced Monday the series Colin in Black and White will explore the quarterback's high school years, attempting to show the experiences and insights that led to his activism. Kaepernick will appear as a narrator with an actor playing him as a youth in the scripted drama of a black child adopted by a white family. Too often we see race and black stories portrayed through a white lens, Kaepernick said in the release. We seek to give new perspective to the different realities that black people face. We explore the racial conflicts I face as an adopted black man in a white community during my high school years. It's an honor to bring these stories to life in collaboration with Ava and the world to see. It's also executive producer for the series. I think it'll be good. I'm excited for it. Um, And once again, like we mentioned earlier, Colin is doing more things than football, things that are bigger than football right now. Um, ever since he left the league, ever since he took that knee. So good for him, mm-hmm. good for the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, and just a little more awareness that people can get fed for those that, you know, want to learn more about what's going on in our world. Um, being more aware of everything that's going on. Here's another insight, another story about what he faced. So I think it'll be a great series. It doesn't say when to expect it. I'm sure they got to film it and all that stuff. So something to look forward to, Dane. So oh, that's huge. And one another thing too, man, is Netflix putting their money where their mouth is. You want to show that you actually support and value your, your black content creators and also the, the plight of the African-American or the, the black American or just black people in general. Um, you provide them with the opportunity to voice themselves and what better way to voice your side of the story or what made you you made you unique um, is to provide a man that was blackballed by one of the uh, biggest football stage uh, in the world um, and providing him with a voice so shout out to them um, for providing that space for those creators and it will be huge because there are a lot of people in the same shoes as Colin Kaepernick. A lot of uh, a lot of kids who are one, a lot of black kids in, in the world. There are a lot of white kids in the world. There are a lot of black and white kids in the world. So this would be a space where they can like, hey, you know, I can relate to that. Or, hey, I didn't know that. It's something that I can learn from. And hopefully this is another step for people to uh, educate, not educate themselves, but just peel behind a peek behind the curtains of of life is, you know, someone in a particular position is, is Colin, is an adopted black kid in predominantly white uh, community. So this is a, a good thing on them. Hopefully shed some light on some, some taboos and some issues that don't have to continue happening. So hats off to the Netflix 
um, continue to put out, or hopefully they're putting out good content. Can't say that it's going to be good just because it's Netflix and Kaepernick, but hopefully it's good content. Yeah, I know they had a category for a while with black stories, and um, it was like right on the main page. I don't think mm-hmm. it's there anymore, but right when everything was at its highest, they had uh, different stories and movies and stuff pertaining to to the movement. So good for Colin, good for Netflix. And uh, we also want to shout out Kylan Hill from Mississippi State. Man, get the man's gold jacket ready. Well, we talked about players using their platform to make change. Kylan Hill was a great example of that. Um, He tweeted on June 22nd, either change the flag, talking about the Confederate flag, or I won't be representing this state anymore. 100, and I meant that. I'm tired. And so... They are going through. I think they already went through the vote, Dane. Am I right? Yeah, they. I seen a video uh, yesterday of, excuse me, one of our military personnel walking the flag out of the Capitol and handing. I don't know who handed it off to, but one of the people I follow, it was her dad. She was the, or her dad was the, the uh, military service man that was handed the opportunity or provided the opportunity to uh, escort the flag out of that state Capitol. So very symbolic. Um, when you think about the extremely long tradition of the four-year uh, Confederate reign that they had here in, in the States, but the lasting effects of its symbolism um, of, of pure hatred, of pure oppression, enslavement, uh, rape and humiliation, it's, it's good to see that the voice of a student athlete was part responsible for that symbol of all things associated with evil uh, taken down from the state. So shout out to that young man for using his voice and his platform in such a way that it helps, um, even even if it's just the slightest uh, bit of sleep that it offers somebody, not only in the state of Mississippi, but maybe in the United States. But the, the symbols of oppression are just as strong as those who stand behind supremacy. So. In the same way that we have, or in the same way that many people feel about uh, Nazi symbolism overseas and even stateside and how traumatic that can be to our Jewish brothers and sisters, it, it's, it's in the same way for that flag. Man. The same way that many people view that flag. So okay. if you, you still can't see it today, it's because you're choosing not to see it. But this, I think, is, is a step in the right direction. I'm not sure what they're going to do to... Uh, replace that particular section of the flag, but this is the right step. Um, and it's, uh, you want the right place to put it, put it in a museum somewhere. Don't put it where it, you know, children have to see it every single day or yeah. people yeah. on the highway have to see it every single day hanging on the back of someone's car. That, that flag is, is much, it's much bigger than that. It's a symbol, a longing, a long lasting reminder of the way the economy back then was built on the unpaid labor of many enslaved people. And this is one of the, probably one of the greatest moments in sports slash politics history. So it's uh, huge. And it shouldn't even be politics. It shouldn't have nothing to do with politics. This This is a humanitarian thing. So, Shout out to them. Shout out to Colin Hill and, and all the supporting people 
uh, on that side and that front that are recognizing that, hey, right is right, wrong is wrong. This isn't something that we can negotiate or find a common ground or uh, anything about. This is wrong. So it's coming down. So shout out to him. Um, Kylan, uh, Kylan Hill stand account. Kylan Hill stand now. I don't even, my, my uncle, I think my uncle might be the only Mississippi State fan that I know of. And the only reason I knew he was a Mississippi State fan is because he had like a, a a phone holder, a Mississippi State Bulldog phone holder for his uh for his phone back in the day. And that's the only reason I knew he was a Mississippi State fan. <laughs> they had no other reason to know that that's why he was a fan. So uh, shout out to him. I'm sure he's happy. he's, you know, Biloxi native, so I'm sure he's happy about the news, but Shout out to Mississippi, and he's probably more than more than likely is going to be a second or third round pick once the, if the season kicks off the way it is. I mean, yeah, another example of players using their platform, and mm-hmm. no other way to use it better than Kylan. So big ups to him. Uh, also big ups to McCourt Maker, who mm. today decided to commit to Howard over UCLA and H. BCU five star the first time that that has ever happened since they started doing the rankings back in 2007 Crazy. Um, he tweeted I was the first to announce my visit to Howard and others started to dream what if I need to make the HBCU movement real so that others will follow I hope I inspire guys like Mikey Williams to join me on this journey I'm committed to Howard you and coach Kenny Blackney <clears throat> and then you sent me this YouTube video this guy is a stud Man, say he projected to go like second round, a little after second round, um, maybe undrafted right now, but he'll probably go ahead, go ahead and head to uh, Howard and rise up those rise up those draft boards. But uh, I mean, there was a lot of rumblings about a lot of people on Twitter talking about what if these high prospects start going to HBCUs, and this is the first domino right here. Um, even Mikey Williams was talking about like I feel like he's gonna not necessarily join Howard, but it seems like he's going down that HBCU lane. So it's starting, man. This is, this is great for um, HBCUs. Of course, Uh, um, people that don't even know how the history of HBCUs and how prominent and important they were back in the day. And it's good to see this athlete of this magnitude, make this decision, man. And you know what the crazy thing is how, um, how connected some of these topics are, exactly. because we speak up. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me learn you something real quick. So, boom, we talked about Cam Newton earlier. Well, a lot of people, I mean, many people do know this, but Cam Newton's little brother actually played at Howard. Um, he graduated from Howard U earlier this year, and he's also actually transferring. Um, he's going to be a graduate transfer to Auburn. So. When he got there, he, of course, took the starting job immediately, um, and they had a pretty impressive win. Howard had a pretty impressive win over uh, UNLV. Um, so it marked the biggest point spread upset in college football history. So Howard was a 45-point underdog, but they ended up beating UNLV 43-40. to 40. So that was huge. And you say – to say that just because you're an HBCU, that you, you know, you won't get the same – amount of exposure as you will if you were at a D power five D one school or anything like that. We we're seeing right now that that's simply, it's simply not true. See, uh, the most 
profitable position in all of NFL sports. We see a guy that's transferring from an HBCU to a Power 5 school because, you know, he's graduated. And, of course, an additional year of eligibility or years of eligibility. So shout out to him. Excuse me. And uh, shout out to uh, to Thon Maker's little cousin. So Thon, everybody, the assumption was that Thon was going to be the, the next greatest thing, you know, the the Kevin Durant, uh, the Kevin Durant comparisons of the big guy that can move and those all, I, I don't know, right now in his career, it doesn't seem like much of it, but, you know, he still made it to the league, but now we get to see, you know, pretty much act two with his cousin. He's 20, 30 pounds heavier, He's a little bit more skilled, better ball handler. Of course, he can be a little bit more consistent, but that's what that's what the next level is for him going to the college level is for. So, shout out to him making that step, huge step on a leap on faith right there. But more, I'm we, I'm I'm assuming we're expecting more of it to happen as these programs continue to show who they are as far as the supporting, uh, not only their minority athletes, but just the way that they feel about minorities in general. So shout out to McCormaker. Maker. For sure. For sure. Hopefully we'll see more. I mean, I'm not saying every five-star athlete should go to HBCU, yeah. um, but to see a few of them decide, or in this case, Maker decide and see a few go in that direction is great for sure. So shout out to Maker for doing that. And then, I would like to shout out my boy Keith Bonet. Boy Keith, he owns the Kitchen Ninja Services, his own little business where he prepares plant-based and vegan meals. Uh, he does private dinners, events, catering, meal plans. Although I'm sure right now with COVID going on, he's probably a little slow on that. But when everything gets close to back to normal, I'm sure he'll be there to uh, up that and. Um, continue to to do his business in that way. Um, he's based out of Houston, so all of my Houston people that listen to this podcast get in contact with this guy. And I think he makes. I'm sure, like right, like right now, he probably is not driving, but I'm sure he did do deliveries as far as people in Dallas and stuff like that. But you can follow his um, business on Instagram at Kitchen Ninja Services, Kitchen Ninja Services dot com. Um, and he also does music. And so a lot of the episodes you've heard his music. Man of many talents, man. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Keith. A song I'm going to play, one of my favorites that he, he did goes, uh, <laughs> it's called All Grown Up. Or actually, yeah, it's called All Grown Up. And it's a spinoff of the Rugrats little theme. So here goes All Grown Up by Keith Bonet or his artist name is High Keith. So this is All Grown Up. Appreciate you, Keith. Thankful for creativity. The most high given ability. New to the scene like nativity. When I come through, I bless the facility. I'm in my zone. Reaching tranquility. Reaching my zone and I'm calling a foul. I'm sweeping the game like an owl. Ooh. Death of the game like a foul. I'm no Artemis, but you ain't smart as this mastermind since I was 12. Bobbing up. Break spells, I'm winning even when I'm taking L's. I can show you better than I can tell. You to move, move, making some moves. I like to play, move, steady, improve. Put down the blue bell, bib the bow, it's 
killer nagas like a boy. <laughs> you can tell I'm not ordinary. <laughs> I do my dance. I see you staring. What I am wearing, no need to flex. I ain't that caring about what you see on the outside. From the eight, so I'm getting the south side. So Frank, I'd rather live outside. When I enter, they open their mouths wide. Uh, get your mind out the gutter. Flow smooth like butter. Made it veggie, clear clutter. Guess veggies, I ain't stutter. Made your kid like my name's Keegan. It's so easy being vegan. Blowing up! <laughs> Shout out to Keith. Shout out to Keith. Um, Keith has been a big supporter of our podcast since day one back in November. Um, listening to us, spreading the word to everyone he knows. So appreciate you, my guy. So, yeah, he has Kitchen Ninja services on Instagram and on his website, KitchenNinjaServices.com. You can also find his music on Bandcamp and SoundCloud. SoundCloud under high hyphen K E I F Keith. And he's also on Instagram at say hi Keith. It's a lot of stuff, but shout out to you, Keith. Appreciate you, my guy. And you know, I had to give you a shout out one time. So other than that, my guy, this has been a great episode. It's one of our best ones. Yeah, my holding it down. Huh? It has been one of our best ones, my opinion. Yeah. For just sure. because I had, I mean, I'm off this week, so I actually had way more time to dive into the sources and just read more. Like, I haven't been able to do that as much, like, without having to focus on, oh, should I have to finish this email or finish this project? And, like, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's sad, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, gotta make, make, make do what we have, so. Yeah, appreciate you. And our social media is, of course, at DFs Right Steps, at Dane BTX. at duo sns podcast on instagram as well and have the website up the duo sports and stuff podcast.com like i mentioned on the last episode if you like what you hear and you want to donate to your boys you can paypal us you can now also cash app or venmo us (laughs) you can uh add it to the bank you know give us a little cha-ching 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 we don't mind that. We won't mind it at all. Um, like I said, it's it's a production here. We try to put it together and make it sound as professional as possible. We appreciate those that continue to listen. I had a, a few people reach out to me and tell them that they listen every time we drop an episode, bro. So that makes me That's huge, man. Feel, feel very nice and makes me feel like we're doing something cool here which i've always believed that but to have that feedback and stuff like that means a lot Uh, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast dang covid numbers going up so please be smart wear a mask if you don't want to wear a mask stay at home yeah stay Stay at home uh, (laughs) if you ain't got no money take your broke broke home no you ain't got no mask if you ain't got no mask stay home g exactly it's a, it's a, it's a, I, I don't know who said it, but I remember seeing it on Twitter. Is that, uh, that mask it or casket? And I was like, damn, that's a. <laughs> oh yeah, straight to the point. Yeah, I mean, sheesh. But be be smart, be smart. Also, Black Lives Matter, man. We ain't forgot the movement. Oh yeah, still holding strong. Do what you can to support if you can. 
All right. Protesting still going on. If you can't protest, donate. I added uh, blacklivesmatter.com to the show notes, but hey, it's basically blacklivesmatter.com. You can find it easily on Google to support the movement. If you can't, if, you, if there's unwillingness there or, or at ease from donating to Black Lives Matter, there's plenty of bail funds in any major cities in any state that you can donate to and or uh, fund GoFundMe accounts for uh, various causes. And if you still don't feel comfortable uh, doing that, there are plenty of change.org petitions that you can participate in. Those do make uh, they, they do make differences. So uh, if you see those floating around, change.org, there's plenty of causes that you can read up on and research before you you know put your name and email and possible donations there for. But there are plenty of options aside from sitting on the sidelines. Um, you don't want to you don't want to be those type of people waiting for everyone else to take action. Y'all have a part yeah. in this because this could be, this could be me. This could be Beyonce. This could be your relative. This could be your best friend. This could be your uncle. This could be any of that. So we have a, we have a, everybody has a responsibility in this. But my bad. I mean, I, I mean to interrupt you, my guy. Nah, you good, man. You good. As we close, want to say rest in peace to George Floyd. Rest in peace to Elijah McClain. Rest in peace Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace Vanessa Guillen. And with that, we are out. Peace.